You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I want to welcome you to a magnificent Monday. I'm so excited because we have another Black Star Power episode today, y'all. I have the pleasure and the opportunity of speaking with the Paul Anthony. And if you do not know Paul Anthony, I am sure you do. Uh, someone who was integral with the group Full Force. Also, we know him from one of the classics, the whole series of house party movies, uh, the original ones. And also he really has been phenomenal and blazing trails in the music industry, you know, doing so much uh, production work, producing artists, producing for artists. I just can't wait to dive in with him about his incredible career and also how he's bringing his brilliance to the Pacific Northwest with some young folks here in a collaboration he's working on. So I'm excited that he is joining me today. But of course, it is the top of the show, y'all. So it's a great time to tag and share this stream right here. That's right. Go ahead, tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you cannot watch our beautiful TV show, oh, the beautiful colors I try to bring to y'all. Don't worry. We got you covered. You can listen to us also anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever one is your favorite. Pick from the over 200 plus platforms that we are on. Shout out to our podcast team for making that happen and ensuring that we are covering all of our media bases here for all of you. But of course, I am elated. So without further ado, I want to welcome Paul Anthony to The Day with Trey. Hi, Paul. What's going on? How you doing? Oh, doing well. It's so great to be with you today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Relax for one. Just taking it easy after a busy, busy week. And I want to wish all your your wonderful female audience a very blessed Mother's Day as well. Oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, the, you know, to be able to start the week off after experiencing mm-hmm. Mother's Day on Sunday, it's always a beautiful right. thing to be able to uplift uh, those who have birthed child or those who were chosen as mothers or did it by their own choice. It's a beautiful thing to be able yeah. to celebrate that. But, you know, you you I mean, when we talk about the the career that you have and the ways that you have imparted your brilliance into so many different works. I really want to start at the beginning here because, you know, uh, many folks may know, oh my gosh, you know, Paul from Full Force, like I've been talking about this opportunity and they're like, oh, of course I know who that is. But tell us about what got you started in music and in the industry of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was a family, it was a family uh, thing. My father was Part of the doo-wop group, both my two uh, uncles, Uncle Cheetah and Uncle Paul, was part of those doo-wop groups. So um, my Uncle Cheetah really started us 
uh, and my dad when he realized that um, we all had talent. You know, I think I was the first one that I was born with a voice hearing me saying you shower at the age of, I think, 11. And I had to hear the vibrato in my voice, and uh, shortly after that, I was down in the streets of Bed Stuyvesant, sitting downstairs in the streets, staring at a garbage can, everyone all around, and I was doing my thing and singing, you know. And then uh, my brother, Lou and B, was in the window, and he was watching, and I knew that my father would be screaming as soon as he joined me. And that's how we all started. Um, and then a neighbor friend of ours named Edwin, Edwin Guy, he joined us. We formed a group called the Amplifiers. We went on to the Apollo Theater. Uh, he was 12. I was, no, I was 12. He was 8. He was 13. And um, we won 14. No, we went about 20. We had 20 shows with, with a number of acts that you wouldn't remember the name of them. But we killed it. So that was the first step into professionalism when we were very, very young. Wow. I, I mean, you're talking about the from the gate, uh, knowing, right. you know, and being able to identify talent. And uh, you did not stop there, clearly. Right. right. I, I mean, you mm-hmm. really honed in, cultivated that talent with family. Tell us how the, the talent began to progress and the opportunities began to progress as others started right. to really understand and recognize y'all's talent. Sure, sure. Um, so we kept writing for many, many years. Um, Getting signed, I think it was 15 to an old label back in Cheshire's records, but the grind never stopped. So later on, um, my brother B always played around the corner with our cousins, you know, Shy Shy, Baby Jerry, and Kurt. And they played their instruments and little ones. And I said, hey, Paul, let's go around and see what they're doing. So we went and we vibed and everything. And it was a little idea that, hey, let's start a group together. And by the very name, Force means to the power to influence or control. So we came up with the name Full Force. And um, from there, we started doing a lot of shows. Our music was a blend of rock and hip hop and R&B. So we were truly ahead of our time. So um, uh, late great co-manager and she's down. He said, hey, you know what? You guys put yourself too much on the microphone. Why don't you start producing other groups? And uh, make a long story short, my brother B came with an idea to do a, a song and a girl that conditioned everybody. And, that song turned out to be Roxanne Roxanne by UTFO. You know, we co-wrote that and produced that. It was a phenomenon. You know, it was one of the first uh, steps in hip hop. Okay, and then um, after that, we knew something was successful and groundbreaking at that, which could be perceived as luck. So we said, come on, we gotta do it again. And B had another idea of filling a void in the industry because there was no Latin, there wasn't no Puerto Ricans, Hispanics. So we seeked out the young lady, uh, and Mike Hughes, who was later in culture, and he's going to name Lisa, we're at our Brooklyn base, and we auditioned here. We all collectively said she's the one, and that gave birth to Lisa, Lisa Cojan. And then we gave birth to Freestyle Dancing, which I went up to take it home and came to the beat. Before that, there was no Gloria Esteban, no J-Lo, no Ricky Martin, no Menudo, nobody. We opened up the doors for Freestyle. So then there was a huge bidding war from the guys who created Roxanne Roxanne, at least, at least. And then, by the way, we were in a basketball. We were some critical for basketball, which plays every season. And um, it just went from there, man. We just started creating success. But don't get it twisted. My mother kept all the rejection letters. We got literally rejected or thrown out of every label, all of them. And we just kept them, kept them and never stopped. It was never, there was never, personally, me, there was never a question that we was going to make it. I knew it was. I just didn't know when it was time. 
So I felt the best way to kill time is get an education. So I went and got my associate degree in accounting and I got my bachelor's degree in accounting because I knew when it would be made, I want to make sure I can keep a track of the money with our, our company as well. You know? So that's a condensed wow. Well, no, no. And, and, you know, honestly, I mean, you're talking about some heavy hitter classics right now when you're talking oh, yeah. about Roxanne, Roxanne. I mean, Lisa, mm-hmm. Lisa, uh, they're playing basketball. We hear these classics now and, you know, young folks are actually getting hip to it, especially with the digitization of our mm-hmm. world. Right. So a lot mm-hmm. of uh, a lot of those classics are actually resurfacing right now. And oh, yeah. I always get astonished when my nine-year-old is singing something that you know my parents grew up on and I'm like wait a minute how did you come across this but it's great that they're able to really dive into those classics and really keep great artistry alive right like that there's so much of a clash now with the era it's not the same as like oh we only listen to music from you know 2023 it's like no we're diving back because we also realize that a lot of that music isn't necessarily what's being created today so there's still that mm-hmm. hunger there uh, for folks to feel that. I mean, you, yeah. you know, so y'all were blazing trails in the music industry. And then mm-hmm. you somehow crossed over and got into House Party and was doing movies. Tell us about that crossover there for y'all. Right. Well, you know, it wasn't too much of a crossover to us because my father and my uncles have always instilled in us that the singer is an actor. So it's a natural progression. That's why you see, that's why you see so many hip hop artists migrating to acting because it's a natural progression. A lot of stuff they talk about is real stuff, and we have a we've always had a um, a pop writing songwriting sensibility, um, but we had a hip hop attitude that never that never changed. You know what I mean? This coming from Brooklyn, so um, my co-manager Steve Salem and his dear friend Russell Simmons they shared an office the size of a small, small or large bathroom. So we was all like one click, you know, that's why we did Black Wolf Clear's Flow. There were times we were running just to open up for us, and we opened up for him and from DMC. And uh, I remember when uh, Rick Rubin brought these three little white dudes in the office, you know, the back, the, the Beastie Boys, and we was all like one click. So our first movie was Crush Food, and that was loosely by Russell Simmons. So, because we had such a mean persona, but real recognized real, because we still, I would get t shirts and full force, particularly me, have inspired millions of uh, the world over my career in fitness and bodybuilding. I was like the first to bring it really in your face. So, to, to, to have us play the mean guys was just easy because, like my father said, you don't sing the song, you become the song. You know, so it was an easy trans- transgression. And from there, uh, then Lou started another movie called Who's the Man? Okay. Wow. And those are still part of hip hop lore, you know. Crush Group really set the tone. Um, then later on, a good friend of ours named Robert Ford Jr. made rest in peace. Um, he was with a friend of his, a uh, Harvard uh, student named Reggie Hutland. And he read this script that he had, and he said, uh, in the script, it said, the, the bad guys, the muscle bound, Jerry Crow wing guys, like full force. So he said, well, why life? Why don't you get full force? Said, yeah, right. What are you talking about? No, I work with him. If he says, yeah, give him a call. So Robert called me to say, you're going to get this call from the guy named Reggie Hutland. And we're always open-minded. So he called me. 
kind of nervousness in him, and I got the script. I really wish you'd take a listen to it. I said, hey, Reggie, send it over, man. You never know. He's really open-minded. So he sent it over. I read uh, maybe a, a, a quarter of it. I knew it had some elements. I sent it over to Lou right away because Lou has always been wanting to write little stories and sonnets that we uh, did plays in our home for our family. Although it's his thing. So um, he said, hey, you know what? I think we can do this. B, they have you as Kiwi. I'm going to be Kiwi. You be Zilla. I'm going to talk like this about the whole movie and everything. That was it. And um, we formed such a bond with the Hudson Hudson brothers that we wrote every line in the movie. We rewrote it. We'd meet them the night before. We'd rewrite everything. And they looked at each other and said, keep it. So the eyes smoke, I smell, and I'm going to kick your freaking ass. That's stuff that we always did as brothers, you know what I mean? The next thing you know, the place started changing lines, the movie started changing lines. Was, you know, we knew we had a success, but we had no idea that it would happen to stay in line for over 35 years, you know? So we're blessed to be part of that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- I mean, this is such a classic. Like for me, my family, my siblings, like you cannot have us do our whole, we have a whole game where we just do lines for movies and everybody always knows all of the house party lines. So we had to stop using them because we, they, we, they were, we played them out. Like we were constantly using all those movies, but it really is, you know, what I love is that now as my sons are growing up, I get to share those same movies and classics with them. And that's really what keeps it so beautifully alive Mm -hmm. is that, you know, young folks are really experiencing it. And even when they have the remakes, you know, now they're like, wait a minute, this is a remake. Let me go back to the original. And so you see a lot of that happening too, because the accessibility is there for us to be able to, you know, find all of those classics. But that's such a brilliant story uh, to know that y'all were really integral in writing the script because that makes it more personal, right? And you were bringing yeah. your own, you know, sibling love to the entire to the entire movie, and we didn't even know. But it was well, so right well on. Said. It was so spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. And once again, in their infinite wisdom to allow us to have free reign of creativity, Virgin Warrens and Hutton really picked their, their cast well. Because we were one great big family, you know? And then when we wrote the theme song, ain't my type of hype, baby, me and you crazy fool. Man, that's the, uh, oh. we can't go nowhere. I, I be in Walmart sometimes, I turn around and the kids like, are you sad? Ain't this you? You know? And once again, that's a beautiful thing because it's all about the information and the fact that the kids can get it on the drop of a dime, they want it. They're hungry for it. So I love the fact that to know where you are, know where you're going, they want to know where this came from, where that came from, where we came from. So the fact that that's the trend, I see it in music, I see it in life, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's got to be one of the more rewarding parts of, you know, what you've been able to establish and build uh, by bringing your talent out for the world to really experience and 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 support and appreciate and receive. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Curtis Blow, and I was so elated. He was one interview that I got to have a couple years back, and I was so stoked to be able to talk to Curtis Blow, because I'm like, you are a legend in hip-hop. Like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. this is 
was huge uh, when he was doing the hip hop nutcracker here uh, in Seattle. But it's so brilliant that we see that talent is always there and there's always ways to pick it up. And, you know, you are really connecting with uh, talent in such a way that you have also inspired a lot of other artists working with them, doing artists, uh, you know, uh, works with them, uh, making sure that they know how to play in their niche. Tell us about that because that's so inspiring that you didn't just like say, hey, you know, I know how to do be great. You're like really helping other artists be great. Absolutely. And that's what it's about. You know, you're supposed to take that and let it proliferate and spread the spread the knowledge and spread the love, you know. So that's what how we always are. And there's a lot of artists that are like like that as well. So the fact that they want the information and the fact that we hear to give it to them right from no filter and, and nothing, just, just going in and to give them the real. That's important, you know, whether it's songwriting, whether it's acting, whether it's persevering uh, your dream while still getting your education. These are all the things that lots of artists, me in particular, can offer and, uh, our youth. And it's not just the youth. There are people mid-level that's still trying to find their next season. So the fact that we can spread that knowledge, spread that joy, it, it's a beautiful thing. It, it, you know, I mean, nothing is more fulfilling to be purposeful and purpose-filled, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you are such a shining example of fulfilling your purpose. And after the break, we're going to talk about some of your own health battles because you've been very, very transfer, uh, transformational in terms of fitness, right? Uh, but you also experienced some health challenges. And then you have some connections right here to the Pacific Northwest where you're bringing your talent back. So we're going to talk all about that right after this short break, y'all. Stay tuned. You're watching The David Trey. COVID-19 are my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in. They talked to our lender and saved our home because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHAF.org. Welcome back, everyone, to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I'm excited on this Black Star Power episode this Monday. We got Paul Anthony in the building. Paul, thank you again for joining me today. You've been sharing mm -hmm. uh, your history with us, and I know it, we could be sitting here for hours talking about all the great things you've done. But you know, we also want to talk about the fact that you really were significant in you know making health and fitness a primary focus for the industry. Tell us more about that because, I mean, we saw y'all ripped and buff, you know, and crushed exactly. roof, like you said, but that, that bodybuilding mm -hmm. and really caring for the body was a major part of, of something that you really prioritized and really brought out into the industry. Tell us more. Yeah, um, so fitness and training and bodybuilding changed my life. I was high school. I wasn't a big guy at all. So I started working out religiously, I mean, addictively, you know, twice a day, sometimes three times a day. So the fact that uh, I've never been a shy person, so I really wanted to put it out there um, into the mainstream. Because I used to not only watch uh, the acts and uh, hip-hop, but the rock groups, like 
like Rat and Motley Crue and, you know, Poison and, and Kiss Tree, how they always had makeup, ripped shirts and bandanas. So I sort of just fused everything together. And then as a group, and we all worked out, Kurt, B, uh, and Grace Leopard. I was the main one because I was the guy in the group that would wear things that others wouldn't, say things that others shouldn't, and do things that others couldn't. You know, I was always <laughs> out there, you know what I mean? So um, nobody was doing what we were doing on tour, you know, I'd pull, take off my clothes and pull down some bikini briefs and do some mandatory bodybuilding poses in front of hundreds of thousands of people over our career. And then we had this thing called Alice Sandwich where I get a girl from the audience and pick Lou and I pick them both up and just go bouncing, you know, it's a deadlift, but it just looks like, wow. So always doing to be different, but it was just answered because remember our songwriting and our music always backed up what we ever did on stage. And then we had UTFO and hip hop uh, concerts. We had Lisa Lisa on top concerts. We was in R&B because we managed all our artists as well. You know, so it was always key to put ourselves in a position of power where we have several, several revenue streams, whether it's uh, songwriting, as artists, as actors, as musicians, as, as you know, uh, you know, whatever it is, you've got to have more than one thing out of the mindset. So to, um, to inspire hundreds of thousands is really, really a blessing to me. Even today, I get stopped. You know, it was at the Shanti concert and had two big brothers, way bigger than me. And said, hey, man, the course of you that I started working out years ago, I get that all the time. It's me. And that's like medicine. Um, that's when I, when I was diagnosed with a very, very rare cancer, it shocked everybody, including myself. It was very shocking because I always stayed in shape. But um, mental cell lymphoma was my first of three cancers that I was diagnosed with in 2006. It was very rare. Um, they had no cure for it at the time. Um, but my interpretation was, yeah, he is the toughest bouncers, toughest warriors. I was always an investor in the mind, body, spirit connection way before that. So that's the true testament that he gives his toughest bouncers, toughest warriors. Um, so it was a hell of a journey. You know, me and my brothers went on, literally went on tour to which cancer facility would best suit what we needed for my particular challenge. And when I got the Stone Kettering and the doctor came out and introduced himself as Dr. Paul Anthony, we all looked around the room and I said, okay, I just looked at it and said, thank you, because you send this message, you just don't pay attention. So my interpretation was, okay, that was it. That's what I need to know. We told the doctor, I said, my name is Paul Anthony. It's the first time I ever met a Paul Anthony. In my life, I've always been in Paul Anthony. Some bit on planet. And that's what wow. really stood before it. So the journey was long. It was it was uh, one of the one of the first things Dr. Paul Anthony Hamlin did was test both my brothers and it turned out Lou was a 10 for 10 donor match, something that we say for rainy day we think are very challenging. And it did. You know, later on, four years later, cancer came back after um leaders of chemotherapy. Um, and I would work out in my room. Those photos would be working out in my room, doing chin-ups on the door and push-ups and getting prepared. Because in my mind, I was preparing myself for the chemo even more than the cancer. Because the cancer is not really the fallen agent. It's the other stuff. So I was always, uh, there's a lot of things I did before that. First thing I did was went to a spiritual healer. Then I did some acupuncture. I changed the way I ate. I changed the way I slept. I changed the people I hung around. 
but toxicity mm-hmm. can come from so many, so many places, you know. And um, it was a long journey, but um, through that, uh, four years later, when it came back and the acute my little leukemia, I mean, it just really wasted, it's very fast. You know, Dr. Henry said, right now, my friend, first time you're fighting for your life, you are. And I yeah. said, well, Dr. Um, you're not looking close enough. I said, if you look closer, you see my crown of glory. I'm different. You're special. I said, so hurry me do what you're going to do. So me and the father are going to do what I know we're going to do because he has things for me to do. And I said that. But I made no mistake about it. As confident and stepping as I am, I insulate myself with the right energy, the right family, the right love to just foster that, you know? So now the music is the gift, but the purpose is touching, changing, and saving lives, man. Yeah, I mean, and rightfully so. I mean, congratulations uh, for you being able to persevere. And what a serendipitous story for you to have Dr. Paul Anthony working on you uh, in that regard. And so I I love that divine connection, right? You're absolutely right that, you know, there's some things that you just can't make up, right? And it's beautiful to hear that. Uh, But you also, through this experience now, you've been working with Cancer Foundations. You've been speaking. Tell mm-hmm. us how uh, you've been able to really share this experience of healing with others who find themselves in similar situations. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. I've, I've spent many, many years uh, working with the uh, American Cancer Society. I've done some things with the Cancer Society in D.C., in L.A. I've worked with them on a city of hope. Um, I've spent many years working with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society as well. Speaking purpose, and for the past six years now, I've been a, uh, a member of the National Advisory Board for the Monster Cancer Center in Tampa, Florida. They're one of the leading in the world. And uh, this couple weekends ago, we were really getting some new cutting edge uh, therapies and breakthroughs by uh, for, for pancreatic cancer, you know, and it's, it's wonderful to be a part of that. Um, and our ball, I was fairly instrumental in bringing. Wonderful Gladys Knight for our ball a couple of years, uh, weeks ago. So I was excited about, about that because she's my, my vocal architect, you know? So um, doing a wonderful thing, a number of wonderful things, not only at the board level, but in the community, you know, and that's important to me. So uh, I'm excited about just being positioned to be purposeful and give back. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so beautiful because, you know, I, I realize the you know, the, the tight schedule you must have. But the fact that you really mm-hmm. make time to prioritize opportunities like that to give back to, you know, other communities and to really share your story of healing, which, you know, honestly, the inspiration alone is, you know, can be transformational for someone. And so the ways that it affects others. Right. As they hear your story is so key. Uh, and yeah. Before we talk about your connection to some youth here, you know, it's the 50th year of hip hop. I mean, I got to talk to you a bit about this because, you know, yeah. all over the country, there's a lot of different states and cities that are doing things. Communities are doing things. I know we have some stuff going on here for the 50th year of hip hop, but mm-hmm. this anniversary is special. You know, this is an art form that I think a lot of folks kind of wrote off in the beginning thinking, oh, yeah. that's going to be a fad. It's not going to last very long. And here we are. 
50 years later. And you have been such a phenomenal part of this from the beginning. Just tell us how this 50th year anniversary is settling with you. I know you're probably doing all kinds of things because <laughs> events are definitely coming in the droves. But how is it settling with you that this amazing art form that you love and have poured so much into is still alive and well to this day? It's, it's beautiful, man. It's wonderful. And uh, it, it is the number one art form in the world, you know. And uh, you can go to various parts of the world. I don't care if it's Asia, Island, France. You will see a group of kids emulating the crowd, the flag, the, 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 the rap, the vocals. So it is a very influential thing. And the fact that I feel there's a resurgence now, creativity merged with two school music, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And that's that's exciting because being on the forefront with a lot of, of other great stars uh, to put the work in and, and put the foundation in, in this wonderful building now called Hip Hop. It's beautiful, you know. I've done, I co-host an event in New Jersey for the 50th anniversary. We had a lot of stars there from Karis to Queen uh, D. Uh, Grand Minister Dick Houdini, uh, the kids from Tango Kids, the UTFO, may rest in peace. You know, that's just one of many things taking care of, right? I know uh, in August, we're putting together uh, hopefully a hip hop parade that's supposed to be taking place starting in Brooklyn. Um, that's going to be exciting. So there's a number of things, you know. So wherever I go, I'm going to make sure that I can give the knowledge of the experience, you know, from hip hop, you know. And once again, it's a working thing together. Uh, last year, I was fortunate to be giving a doctorate in philosophy and humanitarianism. So I'm um, working on my book right now. And the book will have various chapters of the music uh, of some of the James Brown, some of my experience with hip hop, some of my experience with the great Dr. Seven. You know, this will be, but I've got to highlight hip hop because that, that helps us. So there's a number of things going on all over the place. For sure. Yeah, you know, I'm such a a kid, grew up. I mean, my parents, and particularly my dad, uh, just kept us inundated with classic hip-hop as well as current hip-hop. I mean, I remember when CDs first came out and uh, when they started doing like, you know, six-disc CD changers that my dad got one of those. We had those in the house. So I grew up, Uh you know, uh, really encompassed around so many different genres of music. But hip-hop was always one that was such a staple in our household. And, you know, I loved, always have loved the positive messages that really originated uh, um, through hip-hop, right? And just like the liberating uh, messages that we took, you know, in our communities to say, this is an art form that we really get to coin. Um, But it's also something like you said, it's it's hit so many different, uh, you know, countries and it drives so much of the culture forward. So just thank you for your contributions to, to the beginnings of hip hop for your continuation of your contribution to so many different artists in, in multiple platforms, but hip hop will always have a love for me. And, and I know that that's true for you as well. Uh, but, but also too, 
you, you, so, so you and Wayne Bascom, y'all have connected, uh, y'all have known each other in the industry and, you know, mm -hmm. he was just here recently with the Liberated Village, brought some amazing dancers to ATS Sugiyama High School. <laughs> and I know that he's excited, uh, for an event that's going to be taking place next year. Uh, and you're going to be participating in that. So you're now bringing your brilliance to some youth here. Tell us more about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is by virtue of its name, Liberated Village, which I love. You sing right, I love self explanatory titles. It says there it is. So just bring that all together, the youth come to that town and sharing the experiences of what I have. And I'm going to bring some friends with me. So it's kind of these surprises, but they're going to know who they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're going to light up the town. We're going to make sure that we engage their sensitivity. I want to do a Q&A. I want them to feel the experience, not just hear, but feel, because it's all about the energy. So to come there, I'm, I'm super excited about that. We're going to do a, we're going to start promoting like six months in advance. I want people yeah. to feel it and know it. You know? So I'm looking forward to that very much. Well, thank you so much for taking time in your busy schedule to be with me today. I'm definitely looking forward to you being here. Can't wait to meet you in person. Uh, yeah. It was great to be able to connect with Wayne recently. And, and I'm telling you, I, I told him, I said, I'm so excited for what you're doing and what you're bringing. I think uh, oftentimes for me, what I've said is exposure is key. And sometimes it's the yeah. one thing that a young person needs to actually be able to see themselves in a certain art form, right? When they see right. folks that look like them in that art form. So it was great to be able to see some of the dancers he brought. I can't wait for you to bring your experience here. Again, thank you, thank you so much for being with me today, for sharing your story. I look mm -hmm. forward to seeing you when you hit the town. Absolutely. Now, wait, by the way, I got a new single out for the rest of my life. It's an old platform. I'm doing it with a wonderful uh, female singer named Shalia Vintage. There's not enough duets out there. There's not enough engagement. That check that out. She's going to love it. And Full Force is coming back. House party bullies come back with the song too. Are we gonna keep keeping some free? I had to do you it. Know we, had to do you it. know, we love it. We love it. We'll definitely yeah. check you out on all the platforms. Right. Paul Anthony, a true gem in the Much industry. Love. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Much love. So much. God bless. Oh my goodness. Y'all, I told you it was going to be a phenomenal Monday already starting the week off right with that Black Star power action with Paul Anthony. I mean, I'm still buzzing right now. I know it just happened. I'll probably be buzzing all week, but so grateful that he was able to be with me. Of course, I get to wrap it all up right after this short break, y'all. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey guys, Lisa Gordon here, and before heading to Belize, Trey Holiday and I had to make sure we linked up with our good friends over at Market Street Shoes to, of course, grab a few things for the trip. From bags to socks, shoes, sunglasses, earrings, and more, before going on any trip, make sure you stop at Market Street Shoes. Trust me, you'll find just what you need to make your trip not only enjoyable, but fashionable. Wow. What an amazing episode. I want to thank y'all so much for joining me on this Monday. And of course, I got to give a huge thank you to my guest, Paul Anthony of Full Force and so many other things. I mean, just to hear his history, his story, the legacy that he has built uh, in the industry is phenomenal. And it's just impeccable to know that he's still doing it. So make sure y'all go check out 
out his single right now on all of the platforms. Let's stay connected with Full Force. As he said, they're coming back. It's great to know that he's just one of those examples of like doing what he loves and being so committed to making sure the next generation understands how to bring their talent out as well. So y'all know I'm inspired, you know, not just by what he's done over the course of his career, but because he continues to have a commitment to the next generation and to utilizing his experience to help others. Of course, all of us can do that and be inspired to see ourselves as a part of the solution. Y'all know I'm going there because ultimately when you connect with others, that's really a way to do that. Maybe your lived experience can help someone else identify some areas that they are interested in or some routes that they can take for their own success. That is another way of doing it, y'all, of seeing yourself as a part of the solution. So let's just all do that. Let's pour into those who are the next generation who are coming up, young folks who are still trying to figure it out. Let's help them find their way as Paul Anthony is doing. And for me, y'all, until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.